Thank you, worship team. Great job, as always. If you will, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Um, we're going to look at verses 4 to 9. We won't be in any other passage, so that's a good thing. You won't have to jump around a lot. We will be right here. And this is a parenting message. Now, it's just not for parents. It's for grandparents. It's for people thinking about getting married um, or just people that, you know, that are influencers in life <clears throat> because the principles are all the same. But we're talking about parents passing down your legacy. If you will, stand up as we read this. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy, or 6, I'm sorry, 6. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. It says, Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your words that you uh, gave Moses to challenge the people with, to instruct the people with. We thank you for these words, how they're going to be impactful for us today in leaving a legacy of faith. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, and, and here's what I want you guys to think about as we talk about this passage. Here's what I want you guys to think about, and that is this. Daily, we leave a legacy of faith to our children. Daily, we leave a legacy of faith to our children. Now, I want you to personalize that, and I want you to say, daily, I leave a legacy of faith to my children. Personalize it. Say it with me. Daily, I leave a legacy of faith to my children. And you do. And I'm going to explain this passage in a few minutes, but what I want to do first is tell you a story about Solomon and show you how this principle works and how we're going to look at it this morning. We're going to break down this whole passage. We're going to look at the, the words in there and go deeper in there. But I want to tell you about Solomon. Now, most of you know who Solomon was, the king of Israel, son of David, right? And so God came to him one time and said, Solomon, you can have anything you want at your request. Tell me what it is you would like. And Solomon, we all know, asked for wisdom. And God said, because you asked for the smart thing, because you asked for the right thing, I'm going to give you money. I'm going to give you the powerful kingdom. I'm going to give you all these things you could have asked for, but didn't because you chose the wisest thing. And Solomon, you know, you see him. He's doing great. He builds this temple. It's about 90 feet by 30 feet by 3 feet three stories high. It's this great temple that costs an, an enormous amount of money. His father David had helped uh, prepare for all that. But it was Solomon that built this temple to God. And when he gets done uh, with the temple, he has this amazing prayer with God. And, and, and you could tell this guy just was in love with God. And throughout his life, you see some things happening. He becomes a powerful king, and as part of diplomacy, he ends up marrying women, marrying foreign women, which God had said never to do, and there was a reason for it. Ends up having over a thousand wives, but, and because he loved these wives, 
he would end up building idols and other things so that they could worship their gods in Israel. And as part of doing that, he ended up worshiping those gods as well. As a matter of fact, two of the religions um, that that he worshiped in required the, the taking of young children's lives. And this is what Solomon, this guy that was on fire for God, ended up doing. Well, because of his life and all this, you see the kingdom of Israel broken in half. His son and another king are taken. His son gets a smaller half. You see Israel itself worshiping foreign gods, all because Solomon started this chain of reaction. And what I'm telling you, parents, is that you have an enormous impact on your children. Just like Solomon had an enormous impact on the lives of all of Israel, you have an enormous impact on your children. And this verse that I'm going to look at, these verses that we're going to look at, is going to help us, I believe, help you leave a legacy for your, of faith for your children. Because you're leaving a legacy. You are leaving a legacy for your children. And it's either a good legacy or a bad legacy, but you are leaving a legacy for your children every single day. Every day you live, you leave a part of an impact on your child's life. Good or bad, it's still there. And so what kind of legacy are you leaving? And I want to help you get to that legacy. I want you to have a legacy of faith. And so to do that, I want to look at what actually Moses is teaching here. Now, if you're, if you're familiar with the story of the great commandment in Matthew 22, he quotes these verses. What is the great commandment? And he quotes that verse. And then the second is likewise to, to love your neighbor as yourself. So let's get into the, what we call the Shema. It's, that's what you call it. It's the teachings of the Shema. So if you were to go to Israel, this is what they would say. This is what they would call it. It is what Moses prescribed to them. And so the first thing you see is the Lord our God is one. The Lord our God is one. Why would Moses need to tell them the Lord our God is one? Well, they had been in Egypt. They had come out of Egypt, and the Israelites had seen all the worshiping that the, Jew, the, the, Israel, the Egyptians had done, and they knew that Moses was called by God to bring them out, and they saw how God protected over them, and saw how God came, and, and the Shekinah glory shone over them and protected over them. And then you see how they came in and... and um, you know, went into the wilderness and, you know, they created a calf for a God. They're trying to worship God, but attributed the wrong image to him. They wanted to attribute an image to God, but didn't know what that God looked like. But he is the invisible God. And then they were going and they wanted to go into the land of um, the promised land and never made it. And they were stuck here for 40, 40 years. And, and Moses in all this is saying, we have one God. We don't have many gods. We have one God. And you could literally read the verses saying, Our God is Yahweh, Yahweh alone. Our God is God alone. And that's what he's teaching these people. We have one God, and he is alone, that true God. And, though, and so he says something in that verse. He said, now that I've told you who this God is, he says, I'm going to give you some information to do with it. He says to love your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. So let's break those words down. Love the Lord with all of your heart. 
The word in the Hebrew is, is lavav. The word is lavav. It means to not just, the word for heart is lavav, and it's not just the word for heart. It's not with just the heart. In essence, that word means your whole mind, your whole way of thinking, your whole way of reasoning. It's everything that is in you that makes you make decisions, your emotion, your will. It is your mind. It is what they refer to as a heart, but it's a whole lot more than that. So with everything you know, you need to love the Lord, all your emotions and everything else. And then he says, secondly, all your soul. Now, the word for soul is nephesh in, in the Hebrew, and that word doesn't just mean the soul. We, we think of the soul as a part of the body that's inside of us that, you know, we'll, we'll, that, you know God takes to heaven with him. We, we think of that. But their word for soul is different. It's not this invisible being inside of you. It is literally your whole body. It is the whole body itself. It is the idea that your whole person, who you are, the word nephesh actually means throat, things that you take in. So everything you're taking in is part of your body. And that's what he's saying. With your whole emotional will and mind and being, and with your whole body that you have, Love God. And then the third thing he says is with all your strength. And then you're thinking, oh, okay, I got this one. It's strong. Wrong again. It's not just the word strong. The, the word is actually called moad. Moad. And what it is referring to is not just your physical strength. That's what we think of. The word actually means a whole bunch of, a very lot of. And the idea that he's saying is, with a whole lot of all your resources, not just who you are and their physical strength, but all the resources that you have, everything you have access to. Love God with all of that. So you love God with your whole body, you love God with your whole mind, your whole person, your whole way of thinking, and you love him with every single resource that you have. That's how Moses was teaching these people to love God. That's what he was saying when he does this. And he says to keep this in your heart. So Psalms 119, verse 11, David says something very similar. He says, his word in my heart, I hide his word in my heart so I won't sin against him. Why is Moses telling him to hide it in his heart? Because he knows that if they do this, they keep it in their mind constantly. They keep it in their heart. They're more than likely going to listen to it and keep that command and obey it. And so he's telling them all these things. This is what he's telling them. And he's doing it because he wants these parents. He knows that these people have a responsibility for that next generation coming to give them the responsibility to bring up a generation that's going to love God. Because that 40 years of generation of people died. And this is the new bunch. And he's telling them in this whole essence, this old bunch has died off. And this is why they died off. But you, you can change the narrative. But you've got to do it by doing what I'm telling you. Change the narrative by loving God with who you are, everything you are, with everything in your mind and all your resources and keep doing this. And keep it up daily. And the, the purpose was because he didn't want to see another generation fall. And I think about where we're at in America. We're in a generation right now that doesn't know God. It hasn't known God for a while. 
I mean, I don't, I, we say we're in a Christian land. Sure, we are in a Christian land in the sense that we get to worship freely God. But make no mistake about it, we're not in a Christian land anymore. We are not in a Christian land. We are Christians that have the ability to worship God. But this is not a Christian land. There's paganism, there's atheism, there's so many things going on where people, back in, you know, the 1600s would have known this, don't know this because they don't know God. It's a startling fact, but we live in a generation where there are a lot of atheists around who do not even know who God is. So, you know, instead of telling them about Jesus, you also have to start by telling them about God, that there is a God, that there is one God, and that he created everything. And so sometimes you have to start with that premise to introduce Jesus Christ, but that's where we're at today. And so Moses, for his part, was trying to keep these people from falling off by the wayside like they had done. So they didn't lose that blessing of another 40 years in the wilderness, but they go in the land and that they would not get corrupt. And Solomon breaks that cycle by worshiping idols. And so when we look further into it, we see how often they were to do it. Now, if you're going to Israel, you would hear them do this prayer twice a day. They would do it twice a day. But it was something that was to be taught every single day, everywhere they're at. Look at the verses. Verse 7, it says that they were to teach this. Let me find it right here. It says that um, talk about them while you sit in your house and when you walk around the road and when you lie down and when you get up. So basically, everywhere you go, you repeat it to your children, you talk to them about it, but everywhere you're at, you're teaching this. You're living this. You're modeling this out to everyone. And so it was something that was done on a daily basis around the house, around the city, all the time. And so when I think about this example, I think about me and my life and then me and my kids' life. Now, I loved playing baseball growing up. How many of you guys love playing baseball? Lucky where you at. I know you were like an all-star here. You do, you're not raising your hand, buddy. Uh, you used to play. You know, I love playing baseball. I started, I could show you pictures. I was probably four years old. I love playing baseball. And I started out early. And, and my dad coached. He refed uh, triple, uh, what was it, minor league games. He did a lot of stuff. And, and my brothers all played baseball, and so naturally it was something that I liked to do. I watched them. We talked about Pete Rose. We'd go out and throw the ball. From about four years old, I was throwing the ball. Well, I have two kids. They enjoy different sports. They like soccer. They like ball. I'll take my kids out and hit them. Well, it does no good for me or my kids if all they do is, or all I did was watch other people play. I had to sit there. I had to learn how to throw the ball. I have to teach my kids how to throw the ball. I have to put, a, put, put the tee down, get the ball out there, put the bat out there for my kids, teach them how to hold it, and my kids are just bad at this. I was like, you know, I never had this problem. You know, I knew you grip the bat like that. My kids want to grip it like this and grab it all this sorts. I'm like, no, grab it like this. But you got to do all this to let them know how to play the sport. You know, and so they swing the bat and they'll hit me sometimes with it and it hurts, but you're trying to teach them. And the whole goal is to not just show them how to do it, 
but participate and be with them and do it. And that's what it is daily that he's saying you need to do with your faith, with your children. You need to live it out daily because these kids, these children, will not learn to live in their faith if you're not living it daily, you're not reminding them of it daily, and you're not modeling it. You've got to do all those things. And, and you see where it was taught at in verse 7. It was taught everywhere. Your faith, where are you teaching your faith at? Are you teaching your faith that you have to your kids? Are you modeling it? So, so when we think about all this stuff, we see that it was taught in the streets. I mean, they, they would... They were so crazy with this, they would put it on their doorposts. They would wear these things around their neck, modeling this whole thing. They would ride it on the city gates. They did all this because they never wanted to go wandering in the wilderness for 40 years again. You look at America, we are wandering in the wilderness right now because we've left God. We've had people say, you know, I'm not modeling that to my children. And we're in a generation now where it's not being modeled daily. And you're a part of that generation. I don't care how old you are. You are a part of this generation and you have this opportunity. You have the opportunity every day to model this. And so we model this because why? Because daily we are leaving a legacy for our children. Daily, we leave a legacy of faith for our children. You see, God wants us, God wants us to model that to our children. You know, we could talk about busyness. Now, most of us are not as busy as the parents in home alone. You know, they went out and they took, uh, you know, that trip away and they left their son. You know, we're not quite that busy, but we are a busy society. You know, when we think about everything that's going on, we got baseball, we got football, we got soccer. Our whole life is filled with so much busyness and stuff. The problem is we need to take some time with our family. We need to slow down because we need to model this to them. We can't expect them to live this out if the model is not living it out. Your kids can't have this if you can't give it to them. And so they are relying for substitutes, your youth leaders, your Sunday school teachers, your pastor. But you should be the one. It should be you. There should be no substitute. There is no substitute for a parent in leaving a legacy. Because how you go your children will go. Let me, let me give this. Uh, there was an interview that was done. 2,000 Christian parents were interviewed whose children had gone on to keep their faith after they left home. And they were interviewed and they said, what are some of the things you did in your life to help perpetuate and generate this message of faith to your children? And there are five common answers that they gave. And these were the five things they said that the top five things were Bible reading in the home, prayer, serving, listening to Christian music, and missions. 
You know, discipleship is lived out every day. It's not just a one-time thing. It's not a once-a-week thing to come in here, hear me preach, have your kids come downstairs, go to a good lesson down there, and then your teens come back on, uh, on Sunday nights. And if you're really good, you come on Wednesday and you have a Bible study with the men. Your kids learn something as well in the, in the time frame there. It has to be done every day. Because they're living in a world that's bombarding them with evil seven days a week. You have to be there every day for your children. I don't care where they go to school at. They could be in a Christian school. They're still bombarded with evil because we live in an evil, fallen world. You have to do your part. You have to be the model. If you expect your children to live by God's standards, you have to live by those standards. You have to pass that on. You have to do that every day. Or do like Moses says, do it twice a day. Teach your children about God. Teach them about Jesus Christ. Live that every single day. Read your Bible with them. Pray with them. Now, these are things I speak to myself about. I have three young children. I'm just not telling you. These are things I have to do. Do a missions trip with them. You know, we got some opportunities coming up that we're going to have some mission trips around here. I know um, I got some people I'm talking with. I was working with some of the youth yesterday. We're talking about doing one next year. I mean, there's all sorts of opportunities for you to get involved in your kid's life on a missions trip and just listen to Christian music. Do those five things and you'll leave a legacy of faith for your children to follow so they can have children that do the same thing and model it day in and day out. You ask yourself, why are my kids like they are? And I'm going to ask you, are you modeling it? And if you're modeling it, you're doing everything you can. You're doing everything you can to help your child inherit this legacy of faith because you have that opportunity every single day and God wants you to take it because God has put those children in your lives. He's put people in your lives. Sunday school teacher, if you're a Sunday school teacher, you still got the same responsibility. If you're a um, deacon in the church, you have the same responsibility. If you're a teacher in the school system, you still have the same responsibility. You have to model your faith to people. Every day, everywhere you go, 24 hours a day. This isn't a one day a week thing. This is a legacy we're talking about. Not just something that's temporary. So model it because Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price. He modeled it every day for us. And he gave his life for me and you on the cross so that when we die, we can have eternal life because we believe in him. We trust in him because he is our God, because we love him with all our heart, our mind, and our strength, our soul, our being, who we are. And if you can't say that, then you can't model the legacy and so my question for you, if you can't say that, come learn about Jesus today so that we can teach you about leaving a legacy of faith to your children. Because he wants you to do that. He doesn't want another generation to pass. He doesn't want another generation to not know he is. He wants a generation raised up for him to live out their life in obedience to him and in faith. Let me pray for you parents this morning so that you can leave 
a legacy of faith by the way you live and model your life, by praying for your children, by reading your Bible with them, by loving them, listening to Christian music, and serving together on mission trips, and, and just doing a mission somewhere. It could be the food bank, it could be anywhere. But get involved, and let me pray for you guys. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the Shema, the, the words that Moses gave, the, the words that he gave to protect his people so that they would follow you and not have generations that die off not following you. Father, I pray for the country we live in right now because I look out and I see a nation that doesn't know you, that is rejecting you because they have decided to go their own way. And Father, we have, I have no understanding for what has happened, whether it's the parents that's done it, where it, whether it's just the evil nature of man in his heart because we are not looking for you. But God, I do know this. I do know you have given us a principle here that we can leave a legacy for our own children, that we can impact them so that they can stand strong in these times. And that is through loving you, modeling it, through serving, through giving you everything and modeling that to our children the way Moses told us to do it, told, telling us to do it all around town, everywhere we go, twice a day. Pray, Father, for these people right now and for me, the, the parents and, and the ones that influence children, that, Father, we will take and see this as a challenge. And that if we are uh, little in our faith, that we will grow our faith through daily reading your word, through prayer time, through learning more about you in serving you in different areas, Father. We pray for the ones that are busy, Father, that you will allow them to make the adjustments they need in their life so that they can have a legacy for their children. Because that's the most important thing we have is your son, Jesus Christ, and passing it on to the next generation. We thank you and we love you, Father. It's in your name we pray. Amen.